Welcome to Creep. I'm Elizabeth, and on this show we talk about all things creepy, from unsolved murders to unexplained mysteries to everything in between. On today's episode, we're continuing to talk about the Delphi murders, including speculation, rumors, and the latest person of interest in the case, Daniel Nations. In our last episode, we covered the very checkered past of Daniel Nations. When Nations was arrested in Colorado in September of 2017, he was a wanted man in Johnson County, Indiana. According to court records, Nations is wanted for failing to show up for court and failing to register as a sex offender. He also served several years in prison in South Carolina for indecent exposure and spent some time in the Marion County Jail in February of 2017. As a criminal, Nations isn't a very good one. His convictions are long and his court fees, many still unpaid, are in the thousands. Nations also had several civil cases awarded against him as well, many of which are unpaid, according to court records. It seems the one thing the Nations is good at when it comes to committing criminal activity is getting caught. Yet, the person responsible for the deaths of Liberty German and Abigail Williams is still at large. According to the FBI, the killer would have likely been absent from work or perhaps missed or canceled an appointment or social engagement on Monday, February 13th. This is the day the two girls were discovered missing from the area of the Monin High Bridge along the Delphi Historic Trails. According to the Facebook page of Caitlin Nations, the wife of Daniel Nations, she had a doctor's appointment that very day. On February 13, 2017, Caitlin was 28 weeks pregnant with Nations' second child, this time a son. Considering Nations was unemployed and living homeless at the time, there was no reason he couldn't have attended the appointment with his wife. She posted later that day, Is it bad that all I want to do is talk to you? But I can't. The FBI also shared other behavioral clues that the real-life killer might display. The first, changes in their daily routine, including modified sleep patterns. The second, increased use of drugs or alcohol. The third, cleaned or disposed of clothing and her shoes that might have been worn on February 13th. The fourth, missed work or other engagements. The fifth, anxiety, nervousness, or irritability. And the last, excessive attention to the investigation, media coverage, or lengthy discussions related to the murders. Court records show that Daniel Nations had several drug-related criminal convictions and other cases pending, which do indicate drug and alcohol use. However, there is no definitive proof Nations increased usage after the Delphi murders. It's also interesting to note that during the time of the Delphi murders, Nations was living under bridges in Indiana, as opposed to previous residences being listed at addresses he shared with his wife and daughter or at various hotels. Two months after the Delphi murders, Caitlin Nations also filed for divorce from her husband. This was not the first legal action she had taken against him, as she had previously filed domestic assault charges in 2015. Filing for divorce so close after the murders couldn't indicate a change in Nations' personality, or perhaps that Caitlin knows something about the Delphi case. Either way, out of the six behavioral indications the FBI released, Nations likely demonstrated four of the six, with the other two, disposing of clothing and excessive attention to the case, hard, if not impossible, to determine. It's interesting to note that many who have followed the Delphi double murder case have believed that the true killer was someone more experienced, likely older, and a careful, more diligent type. At first glance, it doesn't seem like a crime of opportunity, Kidnapping and murdering two girls in a very public place in broad daylight on a day when children are out of school on a holiday seems quite risky at best. 
The case reads as though it might have been carefully planned, perhaps even using social media or the internet to lure the girls out to the Delphi Historic Trails in the first place. The two girls, Liberty and Abigail, were best of friends, having a slumber party the night before and deciding to go hiking their day off school. It was a rare Monday day off for students in the area, and Liberty and Abigail, active young ladies on the school softball team, thought spending the day hiking was more exciting than lounging around. According to the news reports, they had a variety of similar interests, including art, sports, playing alto sax, and taking photographs. One of their favorite spots? The tallest attraction in Delphi, the Monon High Bridge. Daniel Nations isn't the careful planning type, according to his numerous arrest records. He's the type to try to catch a peep at a woman in a bathroom or to try to expose his genitals to young women and children in parking lots. Although he does have a mean and violent streak, as demonstrated from his domestic assault charges and menacing hikers on trails with a hatchet, he certainly isn't methodical in his crimes. From a careful review of his record, Nations is dangerous and disturbed, but not a careful planner type. He had no money, which would make it difficult to dispose of his clothes and find new ones. And he might not have even been carrying a cell phone at the time of the murders. On top of this, Nations reported in with his parole officer on February 14th, the day the girls' bodies were discovered. Considering Nations reported in with the parole officer in Morgan County, which is an hour and a half from Delphi by car, it would be very tough, if not impossible, for Nations to make that trek without a vehicle. At the time, Nations reported he was living homeless under bridges, and if this was the case, he didn't have access to a vehicle, although it was certainly possible for him to take his family's red Chevy prism to commit the murders. So let's stop for a second and consider if Daniel Nations truly fits the profile of a cool, calculated killer. If it was a murder of opportunity, why was Nations in Delphi in the first place? In fact, there's no proof he's ever been to Delphi, let alone on February 13th and into the early hours of February 14th. So if Nations isn't the killer, who is? Cutting across a couple of states into Iowa, we have a case eerily similar to the Delphi, Indiana double homicide case. In 2012, two young girls were found murdered in Evansdale, Iowa. Like the Delphi case, the girls were friends, although in this case they were also cousins. Lyric Cook Morrissey, age 10, and her cousin Elizabeth Collins, age 8. Although investigators have considered a connection in the two cases, they haven't found enough evidence to say for sure if the cases are connected. If they are, it would likely eliminate Nations as a suspect altogether, as there's no evidence he's ever been to Iowa. The overlaps in the two cases are quite numerous. Both sets of girls disappeared on the 13th of the month, February 13th in the Delphi case and July 13th for Evansdale, both in wooded areas near bridges. Some suspect the number 13 has some occult significance, or is the killer's way of indicating it was the girl's unlucky day? The Delphi case took place near the Monon High Bridge, where a photo of the suspect was taken by one of the victims, and the Evansdale murder took place in the Seven Bridges Park. Both parks where the murders occurred had old railway bridges, and all of the bodies were found within 50 feet of streams. There were also similarities in family lives of the victims. Liberty from Delphi and Lyric from Evansdale both grew up in challenging homes, with their respective parents involved in criminal and drug activity, including various arrests, mainly focused around meth. 
Liberty and Lyric both lived at least part-time with their grandparents due to their parents' struggles with drugs. Initially, there were suspicions that the murders might have drug ties, but so far, no ties to drugs have been confirmed. And though police no longer believe drugs to be a factor, it can't fully be ruled out. There were also significant rumors in the Delphi murders that it involved either a sexual assault or rape, although this information has not been officially released due to the cases still pending. However, when young girls are murdered, sexual assault is commonly a motivating factor, so assuming some type of sexual assault took place is likely correct. In the Evansdale murders, the bodies were not discovered for several months, and it's suspected the girls were held for some amount of time before being killed and dumped. This is due to the fact the bodies were found 20 miles away from where they disappeared. Because the bodies were found in heavily decomposed state, medical examiners were not able to determine if any sexual assault or rape had occurred. However, as mentioned earlier, it's extremely likely to be a sexually motivated homicide, as in Delphi. Other strange coincidences of the two cases? The disappearance dates of the two cases are a mirror image, 2-13-17 and 7-13-12. In the first case, you have two girls aged 8 and 10, and in the other case, two girls aged 13 and 14, abducted five years apart. Both kidnappings took place shortly after noon. Both locations were popular fishing, hunting, outdoors locations. Police suspect the killer in both cases was familiar with the area and likely a local. Both murders are nearby a State Road 218 and near other major highways. Both Delphi and Evansdale are small rural towns with relatively inexperienced major crimes forces. The list of similarities is striking, but what we don't know is method of death in either case since the information has been withheld from the general public due to the ongoing nature of the case. Even Evansdale and Delphi's cities have common links, including at least three companies that have ties to both. One of the companies, the Weichmann Pig Company, is a major meatpacking company that opened a new $1.3 million location in Delphi in 2016. Transco Railway is a railway-based service company with locations in the general area of both murders. Also, an organization called Rails to Trails is active in both Delphi and Evansdale, which makes sense considering Rails to Trails is a nonprofit organization that turns former rail lines into hiking trails for the public. Both locations have converted rail lines as well as bridges. Having a pair of young girls viciously murdered and likely sexually assaulted seems like a crime that would take careful planning. If this was the case, a suspect like Daniel Nations wouldn't match the profile. He's disorganized, sloppy, and has a track record of getting caught. Yet, looking at other similar cases, double murders of young girls can often be a crime of opportunity as a carefully planned criminal act. In 1994 in San Antonio, two teen girls, 13-year-old Sarah Gonzalez and 12-year-old Priscilla Almaris, were kidnapped, assaulted, and later found murdered near a park. Unlike the Evansdale and Delphi murders, the kidnappings took place in the evening, with the girls last saw around 4.30 p.m. It was a crime of opportunity. The murderer, Ramon Hernandez, was only discovered after he was in prison for another murder of a 37-year-old woman. Although we'd like to think that crimes like these are carefully planned, it's not always the case. The major difference between the Delphi and Evansdale murders is the time frame over which the murders took place. In Evansdale, the girls were kidnapped and kept for an unknown amount of time before they were murdered and dumped, only to be found several months later. In Delphi, the bodies were found the very next day, literally hours after they disappeared, haphazardly covered in leaves. 
Even though there is speculation the girls were lured out to the Monon High Bridge in the Delphi double murder case, perhaps even catfished, there is also speculation it was a spur-of-the-moment decision. There's significant probability it could be a crime of opportunity, in which case a sex offender with a checkered past, like Daniel Nations, would certainly fit the profile. Then there's the issue with DNA. It is unknown if either the Evansdale or Delphi crime scene held DNA evidence, though it is very unlikely in the Evansdale case due to the heavy, decomposed state the bodies were found in. In the Delphi case, although it has not been corroborated by police, it seems as though there is DNA evidence. The police have also recovered audio and visual material, which was most likely uploaded to a cloud account from one of the girls' phone before being destroyed or taken by the kidnapper. If police do have DNA from Delphi, a suspect like Daniel Nations would have already come up in the system. This would indicate that the police do not have DNA, which is fairly unlikely considering how quickly the bodies were discovered, or they are considering Nations as a person of interest due to a possible connection to the real killer. If Nations is not the murderer, he might know who is, perhaps even shared supplies under the cold Indiana bridges. Initially, Daniel Nations seemed like the perfect suspect. He fit the physical description, had a criminal past, and was within two hours of where the crime took place. But the more you look into his background and the case itself, the less he really fits. Although I'd really like to hope Nations is the killer to bring swift justice and closure to two grieving families, I suspect it will be much longer before the case is finally closed. Thanks so much for listening. For more episodes, find us on YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud.